December 20th, 2023. This morning's class is dedicated Le'ilui Nishmat Moshe ben Rachel Michael Fallis Alav HaShalom by Solomon Fallis. We're in Masechet Bava Kamandaf, Tet Amud Aleph. We're tw- 12 lines from the top, three words before the end of the line. The Gemara uh, begins us on what appears to be something new, but quickly the Gemara will seem to say that we're only reiterating, I'm sorry, Alan, what we just mentioned earlier. Says the Gemara, Maravaseh kesafim harehen kekarka. Money, literal money, kesef, harehen kekarka. They are parallel, they're the same as ground. Says the Gemara, what, what are you referring to? Land and money being equivalent in what respect? They don't look the same, they don't feel the same. Uh, what do you mean they're the same? Obviously you're referring to something legal, something in terms of halakha, in terms of equating them. Lemayhil chita, question mark. For what halakha was this statement of Ravaseh uh, attributed to? What was he referring to when he said, kisafim? So the Gemara makes an initial suggestion. You could close your ears for a moment, Alan. Ilema, oh no, but you like this one. This is Rafuna. Ilema le'inyan metav. If you'll say ilema imtomar le'inyan metav, maybe the reference of Ravaseh. Again, it's hard to exactly put ourselves in the shoes of the people listening to this statement, but it was taken out of context. Nobody knows exactly when and how Ravaseh made this statement. We know at some point, on some occasion, Ravaseh said money is like land. Did he say it in the context of compensation for damages? That's what the Gemara suggests. Ilema, if you'll say, perhaps, that we know that statement, maybe it was said within the context of metav. Metav is code word. Metav means highest quality land, meaning in the situation of damages. Maybe Ravaseh's statement of money is the same as land was with regards to compensation for damages. Ravaseh's statement quite simply and clearly was, instead of the simple interpretation, the most simple interpretation of the Torah, that you pay with metav sadeh metav karmo, highest quality land and highest quality vineyard, uh, the statement of Ravaseh is not only vineyard, not only land in terms of highest quality, but money as well. No brand, don't worry about it. Says the Gemara, but if that were the case, Hainu de Ravuna. This would be the exact same statement of Ravuna. Who is Ravuna? Well, Ravuna is just about eight lines up. The Gemara had the following statements from Ravuna. The Gemara says, Ravuna Amar O Kesef O Metav. It's the way we opened class yesterday. His statement was when the Torah says Metav, and even though the Torah is referring to land, it means by extension, equivalent, the same. Money. So the Gemara says, it's hard to imagine that Ravaseh, his statement as recorded over here, meant the same thing as Ravuna's earlier statement. To make it a little bit sharper, Rashi says, Rashi, if you take a look on the right-hand side, just a few lines up, says Rashi, Hainu de Ravuna, the Havale le Memar, and the Gemara should have said, or those who reported this statement of Ravaseh should have stated, quote, if Ravaseh was saying the same thing as Ravuna, our tradition of his statement should have been linked up with Ravuna. Should have been Ravuna says, you pay with land or with money, says Ravaseh, and says, says the statement, and so too Ravaseh said so. 
it can't be, therefore, suggests the Gemara that Ravase's intent was the same as Ravuna. When he said that kisafim, money, harehen kikarka, he must have been referring to something else. He must have been alluding to a different situation, maybe having nothing to do with damages at all. What would that be? I don't know what he believes about Rav Huna. I just know that it's hard to believe that his statement is just reiterating Rav Huna, because if that were the case, we would have recorded them together. Rav Huna amar ometav o damim vechen amar avaser. The fact that we didn't makes us believe he was talking about something else. Completely different context. Nothing to do with damages. Says the Gemara, Ela, rather, Perhaps Rav Huna, uh, excuse me, Rav Aseh was referring to the following case. Lishne Achim, two brothers. Shehaleku. Shehaleku means they separated. They separated. After the death of their father, they separated the inheritance in terms of lands, in terms of any inheritance. Venatale had karka, had kisafim. The way it worked was the father left for them whatever the value was in terms of land and in terms of money. One took money, the other took lands. That's how they divided it. Equal division, but unequal in terms of what they took. Pause for a second. You might recall, we saw the principle on the last daf, that if there's a ba'al hov, a creditor, Stevie, a creditor of the father who comes to collect now from the descendants, from the inheritors, the way he can collect is only through land. That's our principle. The creditor of a dead person, of someone who's deceased, is not allowed to demand that the inheritors um, pay up with money. He can and only can collect with land. Understand what just happened over here. It appears as if since one of the children got land and the other one got money, maybe, might say yes, we might say no, it would work out like this. Here, shows up the creditor of the dead man to the children. He says, your father owes me $100,000. Our father only left us $100,000 each. Oh, fantastic. Who has the land? One of them has the land. Maybe, maybe we would have believed, maybe we should believe that the creditor now goes and collects from that one brother. He collects from that one brother and chalas shalom Yisrael hazit. This is an important question. We have to imagine the answer is yes, or at the very least, he has a doubt, he has a suspicion. Hang tight, hang tight for a second. How does it get divided? The land afterwards? The betin in conjunction with their decision. They're able to, to determine that themselves. The father leaves the estate, and the betin together with the brothers divide it accordingly. Okay, but maybe this is the case. Says the Gemara, maybe the case is Ela, rather, again, two lines, two words before the end of the line. Lishne Achim, two brothers, Shehaleku, Venatale had Karka. Karka, of course, means land. Uh, you know, we say Ara. I've always wondered whether the word Ara is, uh, is the same thing as Karka, because in, uh, even in Arabic, we swallow the kof. So Ara, like Karka, maybe. Anyway, it says Gemara, Venatale had Karka, had Kesafim Uba Ba'al Hov. And now the creditor of the deceased father shows up, Venatal Karka. And of course, he can only collect from the land. So he collects from the land of one of the two sons who inherited the father. De azil hai, what Ravaser was teaching us is that now azil means to go, hai means this one, the one, the son who lost his possession, partial or fully, in terms of land to the creditor, he can now go 
ושקיל פלגה כספים בהדה. And he can take half of the money in terms of value of what was taken from him from the other brother. One more time. I inherited, no, I mean, I want my father living to 120. Someone inherits his father and as a result loses that land. His brother who inherited it with money, of course, didn't lose anything. The one who lost the land can now, and that's the statement of Ravase. Ravase says ground, land, is just like money. Meaning, he was teaching us, inheritors in a situation where one took land and one took money, it's equivalent. Although the creditor can only take from the land, in terms of their division, it's all one pot. And as a result, the one who lost his land because of the creditor of the father can and should now turn to his brother and say, pay me half of what the creditor took. Right, what if the value of the land can't. Creditor doesn't collect for money. So Ravas, okay, obviously Ravase wasn't, well, one second. Obviously Ravase wasn't going that far. We have a principle. We know you only collect from Kaka. He doesn't. From the children, from the descendants, he lost that. Yeah. Well, that being the case, the Gemara now says, Peshita. Uh, this would be simple. That's a novelty. You needed Ravaseh to come and teach us that if there's two children and one got land and the other one got money, that the... Uh, and so someone said, what's the agreement? Uh, we're trying to figure out what the agreement is. We're dealing with principles that are out of control of the inheritors. In other words, the inheritors are working with a certain principled law system. The question is we're trying to figure out what that is. They aren't determining these rules, we believe, as they go and how they determine in Betin. Whatever they inherit comes connected with it, the fine print. What is that fine print? Says the Gemara Peshita, that would be simple. Uh, do you think, hi, this one, bera, hi, lav bera? Do you think the son who the land was taken from, that's the son of the father who passed away? The high and the one who got the money, Lavbera, he's not the son? It, was, it, it, it defies logic, the Gemara is suggesting, that the agreement based on halacha would be that the one who got land is off the hook. They're both inheritors of their father. They're both responsible for paying his debt. It, it, the Gemara is suggesting it's impossible that the guy with the cash is off the hook. You th is he not the son? He's also the son. So you got a technical loophole over here. But in the scheme of things, once the person comes to collect, well, he's collecting away from both of them. Oh, he can technically only take from one of them? Certainly the other one needs to pay up. He's his father's son. It's his responsibility as well. That Okay, we'll, we'll address that word in a little bit, indeed, though. During these inheritance processes, though, would it, when they're giving up the, the person's son, wouldn't they give it to the, to the creditor first? Because, like, why would they give it to the son before the creditor? Maybe the, t several questions, several points. Number one, maybe the creditor is not present, and who knows what happened to him, he hasn't made the demand. That's number one. The answer is yes. Number two, maybe the time for payment hasn't come. Maybe there's a, maybe passed away before the deadline arrived, and as a result, you're dividing. I mean, you could come up with all sorts of explanations, but you're right. In the technical sense, it should be paid out like that. Uh, yeah. It wasn't. What if the land is worth 10 times more than the cash that's worth? At this point, you're saying? In terms of value? If the land was a million dollars worth of land, and that guy just got 
No, 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 no. We're going to have an equal division. We're going to have an equal division. Now that the land went up in value, so what? So now in terms of, uh, he could have invested his money as well. The point is that from the land that he was given from the father, this person is collecting. And in terms of the amount, the value, that should be split in terms of payback between the two brothers. Says the Gemara, I'm not sure that this logic is, is sound. In other words, uh, maybe, but, but you'll understand the difficulty. On the one hand, we just said, it's so simple. Ravaseh didn't need to teach us this. You would have thought that one of the sons is off the hook, free of payment. He's a son. The Gemara is literally going to bring us to the opposite extreme right now. It's going to say, it's so simple that when the person, when the son collected the land, he was on the hook. He was going to be responsible, and the one who has the money, of course, would not have to pay back. That was their agreement. Why do you think I took money? I had a liability with money, the Gemara is going to say. My liability was it might be stolen. Land isn't easily stolen. Money is easily stolen. You also had a liability. Your liability is maybe there are creditors. Maybe the creditor is going to come and collect. We each took, we each accepted our liability. Don't come and collect from me. That was the Gemara has, has one of two extremes. Either the statement of Ravaseh is so simple in terms of its statement that the division is such that the one who got money has to pay his part, portion. Alternatively, and we're just trying to plug ourselves into how this system works, alternatively, it's so simple that he's wrong. He couldn't have meant that, Ravaseh, because it's not a factual statement. Ikad amre means yesh she'omrim. It's an alternative version of what took place in terms of, uh, in terms of responding to that initial suggestion as to what Ravaseh meant. Adraba. Adraba means the opposite is true. Le'idach gisa. And those words mean to the other side, the other way. In other words, the opposite extreme. De'amar the son who received money in inheritance, turns to the son, his brother, who received land, and he says to him, uh, Brother, you know why we took what we took. You accepted this liability. Le'acheh, for this reason, shakleh kesafim. I took money for this reason. The e and, and I accepted the liability. I knew that by taking money, I don't get paid back by you. You're not going to pay me. I'm well aware. They did. They picked it, then they should And indeed, it's so. That's what I was talking Jeffrey asked this also at the beginning. It works like this they walk into Betin and they work it out. And they divide it according to their determinations. The question is, and we'll address this in a few moments in the Gemara, now that we're understanding the process, as, as Judah says, the question in turn is, is there, as, as Nathan said earlier, does this mean retroactively? It's as if, and this major ramification, it's not just a theoretical question, it's as if this is what the father bequeathed to them. In other words, the father said, son, you get the money, and son, you get the land, even though he never said that, but since they divided it that way, it's as if the father gave it that. Or was this a transaction that they determined after the fact? There'll be major ramifications coming up in a moment. I'm already alluding to it. But already, it says the Gemara again, the other version, in terms of deflecting. Keep in mind, what's our context? How do we start the Gemara today? Ravaseh's statement. Ravaseh's statement is, money is the same as land. Money is the same as land in what respect? Don't tell me with regards to paying back Nizikin. That's the same statement of Rav Huna. Would have said v'chem. Rather, it must be in a situation where there are two brothers. And the brothers uh, inherited their father. And one of them took land and the other one took money. And now the creditor shows up that. 
his statement was that the one who took the money, he's equivalent in terms of obligation. He's the same as the one who gave the land, and as a result, he needs to pay back. So I said, not off that, so that's simple. Alternatively, on the opposite end, maybe since they divided it amongst themselves with Betin's assistance, of course, this was their acceptance. Lehache, says the Gemara, um, uh, on the o- opposite end, Adiraba, um, his statement is Kisa, to the opposite end. The Amarle, one brother, the one who has the, the money, says to his brother who took the land, I took money with the assumption and understanding that if it's stolen from me, that's my liability, that's my risk. You're not paying me back. And you took land with the risk as well. Litrof means to collect. If the creditors, the ba'alehov, come and collect it, I'm not paying back to you. You're not going to be paid back anything. Mide means anything. Minai from me. So then what did Rav say mean? What was Ravaseh's intention? We can't find a novel expression for Ravaseh. When he said the words, money and land are the same, what was he referring to? Uh, Nizikin, we already had that from Rav Huna, not a Hidush. Uh, this situation, either way you slice it, either it's a simple statement or it's a wrong statement, Ela. Rather, this must have been the intention of Ravaseh. And of course, you know, we're gonna knock this one down as well. But, Lishne Ahim, Shehaleku. Two brothers who divided. So as follows, the father, who passes away, leaves money and land to his sons. They do, my words, an equal division. Land and money equally. Each of them got equal portions. Fantastic. Well, sounds very nice to me. And then the creditor shows up. And the creditor, for whatever reason, decides to, we'll address what the, for whatever reason is in a moment, <coughs> decides to show up at one of the son's houses and says, I'd like to collect from your land. The son says, no, wait a second, uh, excuse me, sir, you take half from me and take half from my brother. Oh, well, uh, that's too complicated, I'm not interested. It's going to be your land. Uh, what happens in that situation? In that circumstance where one brother lost the land, how do we do payback? Uh, says the Gemara, in this situation, the statement of Ravaseh is relevant. Take a look at Rashi. The statement in turn of Ravaseh is, under such circumstances, where we accepted inheritance equally, there's no claim of no liability, there's no claim of anything, the novelty over here is that since he took your land, brother, I can now make this equal. How can I make us equal? How can I pay off my portion? Either with land or with money. Says Rav in that situation, you can now pay back your brother and fulfill your... Why is that not obvious? Because in such a circumstance... I mean, it, it'll, it'll be so novel that we'll see several opinions in just a moment who will be holek on this. 
Now, it's less the Hidush, it appears, I mean, although we're going to hang, we'll hang on and you'll see it's, it's very much that way, it sounds like it's less a Hidush at this point with regards to the fact that it's money or land, it's more the Hidush that he has to pay, period. And so his statement is he pays with money or with land, but hang tight, hang tight, hang tight, hang tight, give it, give it a second, it's not going to be so obvious. Before we go onward, Tosafot has a technical question, I'll just address it quickly. Tosafot's question here in Dibura Matil Vitaraf, that's the third wide line at the bottom of the page of Tosafot, Vitaraf Keep in mind, the Baalhov, the creditor, goes and collects from one of the two brothers. It says Tosafot, the im tomar. If you'll say, in other words, that's a preemptive uh, words for a question. The responsibility of the sons is to pay the debts of their father. And it's not possible, according to the end of Tosafot, for the creditor to take from one the entirety and not half and half. That's Tosafot's understanding. Tosafot says that the system is built as such that if the creditor shows up at the house of one of them, on the field of one of them, he says, you take half from me, half from me. I don't want that. It's tough luck. Aha. So hang tight for one second. Ramban Nachmani answers like that. One second. Tosafot answers uh, two ways. The first one, the more pr- fundamental one, Tosafot says that maybe, and it's an ukimta, and anything you're going to answer over here is you're going to have to inject information we don't have. Maybe there was what's called an apotiki. We saw this word in other masechtot. Apotiki, uh, the, the hachamim understand it wow. as being a, uh, a compound word, po teheka'e. I don't, you'll tell me what we call this in English. But basically, it's the following situation. It's where the person for payback designated you'll what, say it again Col- kind of collateral with land in other words the person's the, but the person's not actually using that land right it's just that in t- when the collection time comes you're taking from this land no collateral usually in halakha is I gave you the collateral and you got to use it during that period regardless that's so collateral so in other words he designated that land and that's why we're dealing with this alternatively Ramban Nachmani suggests like Jeffrey Maybe the division went, we said they both got lands, doesn't mean they got the same valued lands. Maybe one of them collected with Ziborit, and the other one collected with Benonit. The Baalhov shows up, whose land is he showing up at? At the Benonit. That's why he collected entirely from the Benonit. That's what he, not he wants, that's what he gets, that's what he's rightfully taking. The estate of the deceased father. Right, but again, we're just questioning a technical aspect question over here. Why is it, how was it, that the creditor only showed up at one and he actually got paid back from one? That one guy should have said, get out of here, go take half from him, take half from me. The answer of Ramban Nachmani to the question of Tosafot is, perhaps the reality over here, easy reality, one of them got Benonit, the other one didn't. When the Baal and the creditor shows up, he gets Benonit. As a result, he collected all from one and then they have to work it out amongst each other. Why would we simply, can we simply say, we so that's what we suggested in the initial stage. Yeah. That was the first line. So, the Gema- so the Gemara had a technical problem with it. I will tell you, in the final line, I'm sorry to blow it right now, that's the way we're going to end. But in the, in the moment, the reason we can accept that is because the words were, Amar uh, seemed to have said this separate from the earlier statement. 
In other words, if we're collecting our tradition, we're going to say, Rav Huna, who told us earlier, you either pay with highest quality or with money, it should have been collected, and the way the students would have repeated this in the Midrash, Rav Huna says you pay either with land or with money. Vechen, and so too, Rav said. The fact that that word vechen, and so too, was not injected, although the Gemara at the end will say, by the way, inject that word. That's the only way to interpret it. So it makes it the Gemara think he meant something different. That's nothing more, nothing less. Says, Yes. I don't know that it's protective at all. I don't remember the makor. I think they. I think the hachamim. Uh, I, I have to. I have to look it up again. His question is the principle of the baalehov of the father can only collect from land. Once I'm saying, what's the logic? I don't remember uh, at, at the moment. And it's the principle. I don't remember the sevara to it. It says the gemara over here. Says the Gemara over here. So the circumstance now is our suggestion is that the Baalehov came, they collected from one of the brothers. The other brother now the other brother now has to pay up his portion. Says the Gemara, nice suggestion, but guess what? Firstly, even though the Gemara doesn't say, say these words, not so simple. Secondly, Ravase himself already addressed this. He already talked about this. We have a whole conversation of Ravase talking about this. So you can't tell me this statement as well, and, and, and you might say, what do I mean? He repeated it twice in different words. Could be. We don't, rem- we don't understand Gemara that way. Our understanding of statements of the rabbis and the Gemara is we have recorded and remembered significant statements. You, know, you, you might say, I heard the class from Rabbi Harari last year. I heard him say the same thing this year. He said it in different words, but he would meant the same thing. That could be today. But in terms of, I hope, after 120, I hope someone's just going to say, Rabbi Harari's principle was X. And I can remember every way that I said it necessarily. So in turn, the statement in the Gemara... It doesn't stand to reason that Ravaseh said the same thing in two different ways and it got remembered by those students who are repeating his words uh, because we have a full issue addressed explicitly on this matter. It can't be as a result that his initial cryptic statement meant the same thing. What did he say about this? Didn't Ravaseh already talk about this? Hada means one. Zimna, time. He already addressed this one time. How so? After all, we have the following Memra statement of the Emoraim. A three-way mahlokim, a three-way dispute and disagreement as to the law, the halakha, in exactly our type of situation. But articulated a little differently. Ha'ahim shehalku. If the brothers divided inheritance equally, uba ba'alhov, and the creditor arrived, and he takes from only one of them, be it Jeffrey's way, be it Tosafot, whatever the halakha, that's how it happened. They took from one of them. What happens now? First opinion. Rav Amar Batela Mahloket. Rav's statement is annulled. The division is annulled. Batela, what does that mean? The original division is knocked out. Rashi, in, indeed. Rashi, Batela Mahloket. That mahloket over here doesn't mean a disagreement, it means division when we split it up. That initial division is crossed out, voided. What we say is, this is what's left over. Let's retrace our steps back to the way this all began. Let's go back to dad's death. Dad died, how much did he leave? Cross out the land that was taken by the creditor and this is what land he left. 
Let's redo this. Batela machloket, Rav's opinion. We happen to go lahalacha that way. Ushmuel amar? Shmuel, la more audacious, a little bit more harsh. The land, you went back, but without the money, lost the money, how are you going to be divided? We're only going to be saying this on land. We're talking about an equal division. Equal division of land. How are we going to redo this? Took money instead. That's not what we're talking about. Again, if you took money instead, so then we have the question earlier. We have one of two ways to go. Either you, either you have no responsibility or you have full responsibility. Not, not as we're only talking about land over here. The money was the, address, the issue we addressed earlier. viter levater means to uh, to forego. What does that mean? Oh, it means, it says Rashi, one word, avad. You lost it. Well, you lost it. In such a situation where the creditor shows up and collects from one of the brothers as opposed to the other brother, that one brother who got it collected from him, not going to like it, he loses out. The brother who says, oh, lucky me, he didn't come to my house. I don't know why he went to you. Not sure exactly, what but he went to you. He took it from you. Your loss. Bad luck. We'll have to, of course, give halachic rationale for all of this. Why would you say that? And it'll come back to the question we were addressing earlier, what's the nature of that initial division? Okay, we'll address it in, the min- in a minute, hopefully. Lastly, the most strange and puzzling statement, but he's our man, amar notel b'ma'ot. Rashi has two interpretations to this. We're going to read it in the order that Rashi presents it for us. His first interpretation, then when we get to the end of the Gemara, he'll bring us to his other interpretation. Rashi happens to like, he writes in his commentary, his first interpretation. First, what does the word rivia mean? Malashon reva means a quarter. So his statement in the Gemara is notel, the credit, excuse me, the brother who's, who, who didn't lose anything, Right now is taken from him, meaning the brother who was collected. Notel rivia, he collects from the brother who wasn't addressed by the creditor. Now the words are a quarter in land and a quarter in money. Those are the words of Ravasim. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, all I said was that's what the words say. (laughs) You might be unhappy. Pretty much. Uh, not really, because Rav, Rav said, for argument's sake, it gets fully paid back in land. Over here, it says half in land, a quarter in land, and a quarter in money. Now, so, slow, first things first. Rashi does not initially interpret the Gemara the way I just said it. It does say that on the page, Rashi, on the right-hand side, where Rashi says, Virevia, excuse me, Revi'ah Bekarka, says Rashi, Again, we're talking about the brother who was not collected from by the creditor, now needs to pay his brother who did lose out, says Ravaseh, Rivi'ah, a quarter bekarka, Yahazir lo Rivi'ah helko, he pays back a quarter of the portion, o karka, o ma'ot. Rashi interprets the Gemara as he only is responsible for a quarter of it, not half, which we would have maybe imagined. And the words in the Gemara of Ravaseh are either a quarter of money in money or a quarter in land. Interesting. Why would that be? I don't know. Uh, that would very much accord 
to the words we saw earlier of Ravaseh, who said, money is like land, because you might understand. I know, I don't get Gentlemen, one second, one second. Rashi thinks it's the best interpretation. Um, Morris Mar- says, that accords with the initial words of Ravaseh. Ravaseh's words were, money and land are the same thing. Well, that might be, I have an option, money or land. It's not exactly that, because keep in mind, over there, it made it sound like the, the land is the same thing as money, so you'd imagine he has to pay half, but yes, it might be an interpretation of his words. How does Rashi pull off that the word ve, or the letter ve, which generally speaking in Hebrew means and, could mean in rabbinic words, or Rashi has, lucky for himself, a bikyut in all of Talmud, and he takes it from a Gemara in Masechet Yivamot, in an altogether different context. Next Rashi, v'reviyah or reviyah again, Rashi is accentuating the word ve, the letter ve, which generally speaking means and, means or, titnan b'yivamot. After all, the Mishnah says in Masechet Yivamot, halat, if a person did halitza, we're familiar with halitza, right? in a situation of leverant marriage, he does instead halitza, ve'asaba ma'amar, ve'natan get, uba'al, listen to the words, the husband, excuse me, the brother of the deceased husband did halitza, and then did what's called ma'amar, he does a kiddushin of some sort, and gives a get, and has relations with the woman. The words, the letter V over there very clearly means or. The situation is such, there's no disputing this over there, that Mishnah Masech Devamot is talking about the halitza was done, and then he does one of the three following actions. Either he does ma'amar, it's called a kiddushin of some sort, or he does uh, uh, um, get, or he does uh, 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 bi'ah, has relations with her. That's what we're talking about. So the word ve, or the letter ve, which generally speaking is translated as and, says Rashi, I have a, I have a, I have a case over there where it could mean or. What's the logic over here that it's, that it's or? We're going to have to figure it out in the Gemara. So again, we have three opinions, and we'll conclude with this for now. We have three opinions in a situation of ha'achim shehalku, ubaba al the brothers who divided, and a creditor came, v'taraf me'ehad me'em, who took from one of them, what's the halacha in such a situation? We have no logic yet, but we have three opinions. Rav, Shimuel, and Rav Aseh. Rav Amar, Batelah Mahloket. According to Rav, the whole thing is annulled from the beginning, redivided, whatever land is remaining, divided equally. Uh, Shimuel, Viter. Viter means the person who lost the land, bad luck, as, uh, as, as uh, Eli said for us, and as a result, done. The person who's holding on said, holds it entirely. Rav Aseh has something in the middle. You don't fully compensate. You pay back a quarter, according to Rashi's interpretation. What's the nature of that quarter? Either with money or with land. As Maris said, that will accord with his words initially, land or, or money. But we don't even understand his opinion, let alone the first two opinions either. And that's what we'll address at the beginning of class tomorrow.